Today's Your Stories is brought to you by Iron Galaxy. Video Ball is a piece of electronic entertainment. Video Ball is a sport you can play. Video Ball is a sport everyone can play. Go play Video Ball. More info at videoball.net. Thanks, Iron Galaxy. Thanks, Video Ball. Would you believe if I said I had it all in my head I've known just what to do since back in 1982 When I got my first cassette deck And a hair in the back of my neck Started rising Hi everybody! This is, uh, this is an R Stories. We haven't had to do this in a long time because we sure had a lot of live shows this summer, which is really cool. But we're out of live shows now, so the, uh, some Nerdalogs people are just going to talk at you for a little while. So I'm here with uh, the, the lovely Katie Johnston-Smith. What's up? And then returning champion, we haven't heard from him in a while, Mike Jando. Hello. That's Mike Jando. Hello. We're, <laughs> we're, we're in Jando's living room. He just bought us Chipotle. It was amazing. Guys, Jando's the best person. Jando is king. Jando is king. That was his... At gmail.com. <laughs> his screen name is email address. That's a defunct email address now, isn't it? No, it's still there. It's still there? Yeah. Is that your Twitter handle, too? I think probably. Actually, oh, no. Man. Twitter handle might be at Mike Jando. What happened to you? You used to be king. <laughs> now I'm just Mike. Is it like... <laughs> is Jando is king your, like, gaming profile, too? Uh, yeah, it is. Mm. Uh, it, like, it was, like, my AIM chat name. Uh, and then it became like my email address, and then once you make an email address, I'm like, it's kind of like getting a phone number. Like it's hard to change, so yeah. mm-hmm. that's what it is now for everything. I like it. I it's like professional. It. Yeah. So this is like your stories, except we're not live. We're we're in a living room, like I said, and uh, we're gonna talk about a topic that we have picked for today. And the topic that is on the table is mixtapes, because hey, guess what? I just launched a new podcast uh, this past Thursday called Blank Cassette, which is a podcast about mixtapes. I know some of you have listened to it already. Uh, I got some really great feedback. And that's really cool. But uh, I thought it'd be cool to to use this to promote that because you know synergy is is what uh, this this what the nineties is all about. Man, is just brand synergy. We love so. sucking our own dick. <laughs> yeah, and we make great content. Hashtag content. <laughs> Can't wait to produce some content. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, it's a show I'm really proud of. So the idea is that every episode, someone submits a mix to me that they made at some point in the past, and then they talk about that mix. So, uh, I don't know, it's really cool. I have a story I'm going to share today for why I kind of wanted to start doing that. But, uh, I mean, do you guys, do you have experience with mixes? I know Jando does. Jando actually made me a mix for Christmas this year, yeah, which is yeah. really cool. Yeah, that was a hard That was a hard thing to do, because it was like, uh, I got him, I got Eric a... Uh, it was. It looked like a blank cassette, but it was an. It was a USB uh, drive, and so um, uh, I like just put like music that I liked. That was like songs that like I, I that were important to me. But I, I couldn't decide whether I wanted to group it up by band or group it up like uh, do it chronologically. So I think it's like a little bit of both is what ended up happening. I'm like ah screw it. Um, but yeah, it's so weird making a mixtape for someone uh, because like. Especially someone like who you doesn't necessarily know the music that you like, or you don't necessarily know the music they like, or because it's very, it's very exposing. Yes. Yes. It's very it, it, like sometimes I feel like I 
like put songs on mixtapes that I'm going to give to people that I don't necessarily love, but I think they're cool songs and I don't I want them to think I'm cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when I was younger, there was probably a lot more Bjork in my uh, mixtapes than I actually liked because like Bjork was like edgy. Yeah. That's so true. There is, it, it's very revealing of who you are. And, but yeah, it's also like you're presenting it to someone else. So you kind of sculpt that image. Even right. If it's not like the most honest, that's, that's a really good point. Yeah. It's like taking a picture of yourself from above so you can get the, mess, the best angle of your face. That's yeah. a good metaphor. Yeah, and then making sure you take the picture in, like, the cleanest room of your house. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No dirty bathroom selfie mirror. Bathroom mirror selfies. Right. Yes. But, yeah. but if you were somehow to have your dirty selfie, dirty mirror selfie leaked... That would be the way more interesting photo. That's the thing. Yeah, that's really true. It's it's more natural. But you know, some some people have shared mixes that uh, that they've made for themselves, which is perfectly yeah. valid. Most are. It is like a transaction. I found most people make a mix for someone else. But I don't know. I was really worried when I started the show that everyone would send me something that like, oh, I made this for someone you know that I liked, and I only got one of those so far, and it was a great one. I hate to spoil an upcoming episode, but our friend Kyle Tally. Uh, was going out on a first date with a girl, and he made her a six-disc mix. Six CDs. Wow. That's incredible, right? That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, one of my college roommates, she was she dated this dude for a little bit of time who was very, very, very into himself. Cannot stress <laughs> enough how into himself this person was. They were... I think they were driving somewhere in his car, and he like was like, "Oh, I have a CD that he made for you know he made it. It was some a CD. Uh, he put it on. It was him covering a bunch of songs nice. <laughs> while playing the ukulele, and then he also made sure she had her own copy of it." Yeah. That seems like that's like he practiced making that feel um, spontaneous, but that was absolutely rehearsed. Yeah. Like he made her a copy? Yeah. Did have like a business card in there? I think it might have. I remember no. sometimes when we wanted a good, because she only dated him for a brief period of time, and sometimes when we were like, when we needed a little pick-me-up, she'd put it on. Okay, quick sidebar. I used to run a comic book store, as many of you probably know, and in the back of that store we had uh, shows on the weekends, and one of the worst bands that ever played there, I got got such like fucked up pleasure out of scoping out their MySpace pages. This was when MySpace was a thing. And one of the kids who was like the tallest, dumbest person in the band, and he was also their communications guy, which is not great. I remember loving he his top five bands on MySpace was like one, Black Sabbath, two, Red Hot Chili Peppers, three, his own band, four, Shine Down. It's like, wait, wait, you didn't you, so you like yourself enough to put yourself on that list, but you're not number one? <laughs> at least it was, at least he, he rated himself better than Shine Down. Yeah, well, there's a you know, there's a wide gulf between Black Sabbath and Shine Down, really. Yeah. They fell somewhere in there. I thought the story was going to go in a different direction where it was like one, Black Sabbath, like two, Led Zeppelin, three, Radiohead, four, Green Day. Like, I know nothing about the music <laughs> yeah. you like. Oh, just like ticking off like the headbands yeah, of each genre. exactly. Yeah. I remember seeing a flyer. It was like, Band Wanted, Influences, The Beatles, Nirvana, Green Day. What? <laughs> what? That's that's not helpful. Yeah. like it's Fusion. Like, yeah. And then literally the flyer said it was fusion, but... That doesn't help just, at all. They just wanted an awesome guitar player and like a singer and all right. Did 
I'm not mistaken, didn't you tell a story about putting up a, a band flyer? Yeah, so I was in uh, I was in a few bands back in the day uh, across several different instruments. Wait, but... was your favorite band Black Sabbath? <laughs> Wait a second. I do love Shinedown, but not that much. <laughs> I love it like a number four. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. No, but we had... This is like such a bizarre story. Um... I gotta look up this band's name real quick, but um, so I was in a band in high school. I was play, I played drums. Uh, we we had everything but a singer. A singer, I feel like, is always one of the hardest things to find, especially when you're in high school. Um, but uh, uh, so we put a posting on Craigslist saying like, "Singer wanted for Garage Band. Um, we like this. Basically, this, 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 and this." Um, and then we put a. Uh, a posting of uh, like a YouTube video of this band called Operator, and the singer's amazing. Like we we we're shooting for the stars. Like he sounds like a like a, a young uh, Chris Cornell, uh, and we're like, this is like the kind of music we like to play, uh, it, and it was like just bad rock, like not as bad as Nickelback, but like <laughs> that that genre of music. And so we get a call from. Uh, let me pull it up right now. Uh, this guitar player, uh, who's like a, a legit guitar player, uh, I can't find it. It's like it was System of a Down had a uh, uh, when they broke up had a like a second second band, and this guitar player is from that band, and I guess that band had broken up, and he was like, "Hey, you guys sound real good." My agent forwarded me your link, and I was hoping uh, to come like play with you guys, and I was like, um. <laughs> No, your agent misread the ad. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, we we aren't... Uh, that's not us. We are... That's a band we like. <laughs> I, we play in my garage. We're at high school. And he's like... Oh, so you, that's not you guys in the video. And I was like, no, your, your agent didn't read our ad. And he's like... Oh, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Seriously, we play, we play in my garage. And he's like... Cool, well, uh, like, good luck, man. And I was like, yeah, you too. And then hung up the phone and I immediately saved his number. But I don't have it anymore. Uh, it was so awkward. I felt so bad for the guy. Um, I don't remember what his name is now. I, I could look it up, but it was the it was one of those stories where I'm like, no one's going to believe me that this happened. But it happened and it was so bizarre and as soon as he couldn't get off the phone fast enough once he found out what had happened, neither could I. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, that is a little sad, but also awesome. Yeah. 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 He's so really pumped. Cool. <laughs> yeah, the band, the band, I don't know if I mentioned it, the band was called Operator that we linked. Yeah. Uh, so look them up. Or don't. Great. They're alright. That was Jando's band in high school, everybody operated. <laughs> no! No! Actually, oddly enough, her band was called Riker. Right. <laughs> Where do you get that name from? Uh Star Trek. What is that? It's a Star Wars. Oh, Star Wars. Star Wars. That's one with the Cylons. Yeah. Riker's the uh Riker's the guy who shot first. Got it. <laughs> and he shot a uh cartoon robot. Yes. 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 Got it. Welcome to the Nerdalogs, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Did you ever find who you were looking for with that ad? Um Or like Bono, you still haven't found what you're looking for. Well it's actually uh, it's actually a very sad story. We did find a dude uh 
And he, we practiced with him for a while. We played a show, and I recorded that show, so I have audio from it. And he was good. He was really good. Like, he was like, exactly what we're looking for. But he lives so far away that he's like, it's not, like, feasible. Like, it was like a two-hour drive for him that came down from, like, Wisconsin. Ooh. Wow. So, yeah. That's too bad. Yeah, but he was really good. And that we still have that. We did, like, covers. Like, we did, like, uh, uh, Aeroplane from Red Hot Chili Peppers. We did uh, cocaine. Uh, uh, Clapton? Yeah, Clapton. Yeah. We did... Also, we did cocaine. Uh, <laughs> we did... Uh, <laughs> um, uh, we did an Alice in Chains song. We just we did some like, really good songs. He did perfectly at them. We did an Audio Slave song. He was so good. Nice. Yeah. Do you have that recording? Yeah, I do. share it with people. No. <laughs> I also have a recording of uh, our second singer in that band... And it was just like a guy, like one of our friends, and so it wasn't as good. And that's when we actually went to a studio to record, and like we put our own, like we saved up, like it was like a grand or something, something stupid, and we did this, and it was the worst. And I have every copy of that album. Oh, <laughs> did you give one to Bella on your first date? You like played it in the car? <laughs> I did play it for her in the car. Babe, <laughs> I made you a mix. But it was only it was only after we got married, so she was stuck. <laughs> <laughs> I have never... I, I can't even conceive of making a mix for somebody and then having my own voice be on it. When no. That feels like the ultimate in egomania. <laughs> I cannot stress enough how much this person is into themselves. Yeah. He probably brings a guitar with him everywhere he goes. Yeah. And like, oh, hey... Uh, I can just bust out this guitar real quick and start playing. Like no one has to do. Oh, like one of those insufferable dudes on the quad in college. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I hated those guys. Similar. It was similar. I imagine that's what John Mayer was like when he was young. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, no I offense, John Mayer. I can see that. There, um, I went to a music school, and so uh, there were just people playing things on the quad all the time. And one of the dudes I went to school with uh, played the bagpipes. And he could only practice on the quad. <laughs> yeah. oh. But it was pretty cool when he would like bust out his bagpipes, and you're like, "Well, there's Daniel playing the bagpipes. He's practicing." That's a weird thing about like, because I mean, probably a lot of us grew up in houses. I imagine we're all suburban kids. Like moving to the city in an apartment, I have a hard time practicing my guitar at a volume that I find appropriate. Yeah, like I'm trying. Spoiler alert: uh, We're doing a show, and I'm doing a show at your stories in L.A. And the theme is long distance, and I'm trying to learn Faithfully by Journey, which is a song you have to belt. And I do not feel right about belting that song uh, in my apartment. I feel like it's going to drive my neighbor crazy. I mean, you could essentially, like, they have, like, recording studios or, like, practice studios. Yeah. That's basically like paying for a second apartment. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, I'll just go into the office where we have our meetings and, and find a room and yell at it for yeah. a while. Yeah. When I was, I got pretty serious about this band stuff in high school and about, like, Recording, producing, like I had like a a pretty serious laptop, and I bought like this uh, this like unit that allowed me to input like X, uh, XLR cables mm-hmm. uh, directly, and like it was like an eight input thing, and I got like production software and all this stuff, um, and like I read everything and read stuff online and took online courses, like learn how to do it, and I got decent enough with it to like do stuff for some people, um, but one of the biggest things was yeah, like uh, uh, insulating. Uh, our garage where we recorded everything yeah. so like my parents were like super supportive they uh the garage door was like obviously the biggest leak of sound so we put up drywall over that door the door doesn't open anymore it's, like a, it's like a separate it's it's essentially like a coach house now basically after the work we did we basically dried up drywall that and the rest of the walls and like we put like regular insulation in there but it did 
nothing for the sound. <laughs> like the sound, you could hear me play drums a block down like the street. It was crazy. That is so nice of your parents, though. Yeah, we tried everything. Though. We put, well, first we I started with just like styrofoam, like thick styrofoam. Uh, like egg crates. Sheets, stuff? yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, egg crates. Nothing worked. I think I read somewhere you have to do sand. Ooh. Yeah, sand is a pretty effective. Oh my gosh. I wish I knew you in high school. I could have been your singer. Maybe. I wasn't that, that good, cool. but we would have do, do a band. I feel like of everyone in the Nerdalogs, like you and I would definitely have been friends if we knew each other in high school. Yeah, I think so. 100%. I think I, I think we, we followed a very similar trajectory. Yeah. At least music wise. Yeah. Like our passion for music, I should say. And I I mean I yeah, just I think towards media in general we have very similar orientation. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I probably want to talk to Katie because girls are scary. You I know, also would have wanted to convert you to Christianity because I did that to a lot of people. I went to Catholic school, so I was already seeing that shit all the time. I was going to say, I feel like we would have got along then. That's, that's probably fine. <laughs> that was happening everywhere. Yeah. Great. Did you, so, uh, let's get back to mixtapes. Katie, have yeah. you ever made a mix for anybody? Um, yeah, yeah, I have. I've made, like, I recently have gotten very into, like, Spotify, like, making Spotify playlists, and I make them to kind of, like, soundtrack different parts of different times in my life, and, um... I made one that uh, I made kind of for myself and my ex-husband when we were in the process of, like, leaving each other. And um, and he listened to it, and he's like, wow, I had a lot of emotions during that. I think um, from to reference the first episode with Chris uh, um, of Blank Gazette, um, he talked about, there, there was one song, it was a Blink-182 song, and he talked about how, like, he he wasn't really self conscious about any of the songs except for that one, kind of, because it was is such a specific artifact to a time in his life. Like it, it only really applied to like middle school him. Yeah. And like I feel like that's so true for probably if I were to like pull any of my old Mexicans, I'm sure that would be universally true for like every song on there. Like it's so weird how music's like that. They're all yeah. It's it's taking what someone else has created. And making it about you. Yeah. You know, and it works, though. It works. It's so very specific. I'm going to guess one of the songs on your mixtape, Katie, was No Children by oh, Mountain Goat. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, of course. My ex-husband made that his ringtone uh, for me when I, it would be the part, it was the part where, um, in my life, I hope I lie and tell everyone you were a good wife and I hope you die. <laughs> I know. And he's like, isn't that funny? And I'm like... I guess. <laughs> and that also, I, I did some reading prior to starting this podcast, um, a lot by Chuck Klosterman and also um, Rob Sheffield, who wrote Love is a Mixtape, which was, I did not expect that book to be about what it was about. Are you familiar with that book at all? So I know he's a writer for Rolling Stone, and, and my friend Anna, who I'll talk about in a minute, recommended that book. And I read it thinking, oh, this is just like a book about mixtapes. And what it's actually about is... A book about uh, his his wife who, like, five years into their marriage has, like, a, a an aneurysm and just dies on the spot. And it's about him kind of coping with that loss through uh, mixtapes. But all of that writing has made me realize, like, songs are, they mean what you think they mean. You know, like, it really is, like, this is the English major in me talking, too. But, it, like, once that song leaves the artist, they don't get to say what it's about. Like, it's so personal. It's it's, uh, it's about your life, you know? Yeah. You make the connections to what those songs are about. I think that's why mixtapes are so cool. It's, like, overwriting what the artist intended and making it about you. And that's that's really neat. I don't know. I think yeah. that's really fascinating. And then artists get, sometimes get angry about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, I think Nirvana wrote a song, and I thought In Bloom was about that, where basically Kurt Cobain was angry that people liked <laughs> people liked his music for the wrong reasons or, like, attributed the wrong things to him. And it's like, all right. <laughs> Kurt Cobain was very conscious of how people perceived him. This is a really interesting story. So, like, he would always, before, um, never mind, he would wear a Guns N' Roses t-shirt a lot. To the point where Axel kind of assumed, oh, he must be a fan. So in 1991, when Metallica and Guns N' Roses toured together, they asked Kurt, they asked Nirvana to open, but that was right after Nevermind hit, and uh, Kurt Cobain told Axel to fuck off. Yeah. It's like, well, I think you could see that the reasons for that are because he didn't want to be associated with a less cool type of music. Like, I understand Kurt is a great artist and whatever, but he deeply cared for his public perception. Yeah. Um, he probably wouldn't like that the second episode of, of Blank Cassette has a song by him on it. <laughs> Sell out. Yeah. Well, it, it is a cover. It, it's from the Unplugged album, which is great. I think Nirvana Unplugged is my favorite album of theirs. Ooh, yeah. Definitely, if not their best, one of their best, for sure. For sure. Unplugged albums in general, I think, tend to be my favorite, even if they're not like... Like, I, I know Allison Chains' Unplugged is one of my favorites, and it's not the best performance. It was near the end of that band's the band's life yeah. uh, and they had it was like a two year hiatus before they did that album and uh, at least Lane Staley was uh, very rusty but it, like in a way that made it so much better I just love that album yeah I, there is um, an incredible live performance it might have been an unplugged uh, outtake or it was from later in that tour or something of them performing um, Curtains by Elton John which is a, a lovely song and they they fucking kill it and it's you wouldn't think of Alice in Chains as a band that would cover Elton John but like it's so good. They, and it, yeah, they just were so raw. Yeah. Like, even though their recorded sound had so much kind of um, distortion on it, I think they were really great musicians, and you see that in Unplugged. Yeah, I could, I could, we could have a whole podcast episode about me talking about the different reasons why I love Alice in Chains. Like, they are not a metal band, and I no. think they get so easily dismissed by most, like, people as metal or grunge. And, like, uh, they're just, like, and the way uh, Jerry Cantrell plays guitar is how I feel like people explain like jazz musicians. It's the notes he doesn't play uh, like that you can hear. Like he likes a lot of guitar uh, string bends, and it's like the note that he plays isn't the note he's trying to get to. It's that like ten seconds after the bend that he's trying to hit. Yeah. Like I love that about about his uh, guitar style. That's yeah. I mean, it was unfortunate for them coming out of Seattle in the '90s that. You know, they got lumped in with Pearl Jam and Nirvana and, like, Silverchair and yeah. all those kinds of bands. But they sound so different. And, yeah, they coming on the tail end of hair metal, which they're obviously not. Like, yeah. It's tough to classify that, man. If anything, they're a precursor to much worse bands that ruled the airways in the late 90s. You <laughs> like, know what uh, I mean? I mean, literally precursors, like... Isn't Godsmack uh, named after a yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly <laughs> what I mean. Uh... I didn't know you're such an. So is Lane Staley your favorite guitarist? Uh, Jerry Cantrell or Jerry Cantrell? Yeah, 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 if yeah. I were to if I were to make a super group, Jerry Cantrell would be the guitar player. Nice. I would pick probably for mine either Nils Lofgren from the E Street Band or um, Mark Knopfler from the Dire Straits, and both of them finger pick. Yeah, I really like that style. <laughs> finger pick. That makes sense. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> What's your favorite style of guitar playing, Katie? Is my pussy a guitar? Because that. <laughs> Then finger picking would be the answer. Yeah. 
I, yeah. <laughs> my pussy a guitar. Um, you tell me. Yeah. <laughs> it is great. Yes. Um, I saw, yeah. I saw um, Black Joe Lewis play a show at a street festival in Chicago this summer, and they were amazing. And the lead singer, who is also the lead guitarist, played the guitar with his teeth and tongue and I Ooh. all I thought was he's probably really good at eating <laughs> pussy. <laughs> That's like such a fucking uh, Jimmy Page movie. <laughs> which I always think of Spinal Tap, uh the dude playing the guitar with a violin. <laughs> I love Spinal Tap. Yeah, I saw uh them Crooked Vultures in concert Ooh. uh at the Fillmore in Michigan, uh, in Detroit. Um and uh uh, John Paul Jones played, I want to say, the keyboard of his hands, and then he also had, I don't know what the instrument was called, but it was like like maybe a 12-key keyboard that he was playing with his feet. Ooh. And it was like two separate melodies that he was playing with four appendages. It was crazy. That's probably how they did Trampled Underfoot, because he plays the keys on that, too. Yeah, yeah he's the un- unsung hero of that band. I feel like it's that way with bass players a lot. That's why I always thought it was very elegant in rock band that the bass player was the one who could score the most points, really, because they are, like, the backbone of the group, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. While the guitar player is uh, wanking. Yeah, the guitar players, they get all the, they, they get all the glory, really. It's true. This is a fun story. One time at, when I, in my cover band days, I, man, I, on these podcasts, I realized how many different fucking parts of my life there's been. Uh, I was playing a show, and the lead guitar player brought a bunch of friends, and one of his friends was really cute. And I was like, hey, Dan, could you just, like, maybe mention to Abby that, like, I think she's really cute or something? You know, just, like, say hi for me. And he did. And he came back, and he's like, oh, it's not good. I'm like, why? What did she say? And I go, and he goes, well... I told her, my bass player thinks you're really cute. And she said, which one's that? Is that drums? <laughs> and I'm like, yep, you're right. I'm good. Um, Never mind. I went and saw at, an, at another street festival a few years ago, my uh, a, a band called Moon Taxi. All of them went to college with me. I almost like nearly dated their the keyboardist who is now like happily married and in this band very successful good for him um <laughs> was he any good at cuddling this i don't know because that was pre me having sex also he and i only just held hands Ooh, um, good at holding hands yeah oh <laughs> no wonder he's a good keyboard player <laughs> he's a very good keyboard player he's probably really good at flicking the bean <laughs> What? I don't know. I mean, he probably has got good timing. Yeah. Yeah. He's married now. His wife is beautiful. So he's, you know, got to be Doing something right. I know. Um, if you want to marry someone beautiful, you got to be good at flicking the beat. Yeah. That's, that's just true. It's just true. Um, and he, uh, I remember, like, I went up to, we, like, chatted before the show. And I'm like, I'm really excited to see you guys play. And he's like, cool. Thanks for coming. And then, like, after the show, I, I was talking to him. And... Um, he was like behind like the the gate where the performers were, and these people came over and they were trying to get back there to like talk to them and and they were like, "Can you let us in? Are you the roadie?" He's like, "No, I'm the keyboard player. I was just on the stage." <laughs> and they're like, "No." Oh. <laughs> yeah, there's no glamour unless you're the singer or guitar player. I think about cheap trick a lot, uh, just in general, but like <laughs> the singer cheap trick. 
is not, he doesn't write the songs, he doesn't play any instruments, and he also doesn't talk at the shows. All he does is sing. And then the guitar player, Rick Nielsen, who writes the song, also does the banter. I've never really seen a dynamic like that, but I feel like Rick Nielsen, he's just kind of like a music nerd, and Robin Zander is like this beautiful man with like long blonde hair. He's the singer. Like, man, I bet Rick Nielsen got zero chicks. Well, not zero, but talk about a cheap trick. Hey, yeah. Yeah. You didn't get none of those. I, I feel like uh, there's a parallel to that. Uh, Dream Theater. It was like I think the the singer was like they're all like classically trained musicians, and I'm not sure. What, I'm sure the singer is too, but they basically, from what I understand, hired I, and I, they've broken it. Like it's the, the 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 format of the band has changed, but the original band they basically like hired the singer because they they needed a singer. Like they needed they knew they needed vocals for people to sing along with because that's what people like to do, and so they hired like, this guy and, like. Yeah, he has no input in how the songs are written. I'm not even sure if he writes the lyrics. I don't know, but yeah, it's, it's so funny to like just like it was such an afterthought yeah. and such like a. I'm sure they treated him like crap. <laughs> like, I don't know, but like yeah, it's too funny. I think about that with Dragon Force and probably a lot of like power metal. Those guys are playing like a mile a minute. Like it, I can't even fathom how hard they're working to keep that rhythm. And the singer is just singing. Yeah. They must. Like, they either all hate that guy or they just treat him like shit. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, he is putting in, not to take away from his vocals, but for sure the least amount of work in that band physically. Yeah. The, oh, man. What if he was singing and doing backflips at the same time? Uh, then I take back what I said. Yeah. <laughs> I take backflip what I said. <laughs> hey Oh. Uh, cool. So, I guess I'll, I'll share kind of... They're uh, the myriad genesis for the podcast before we sign off for t- of the day. Because there was mention earlier that Jando uh, made me a, a mix this winter. Uh, and so did a, a young lady that, uh, who I mentioned earlier, Anna, who I, 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 w- I guess I'd say I was dating. But we really only went out twice and then it just wasn't working. But we stayed friends, which is really cool. But she is the first woman I've ever dated who made me a mix. Uh, which, I mean, it, it was kind of fitting for her because she works in A&R. Um, so music is her life and, uh, but I don't know, it was just, it's like a really special feeling to get, uh, a mix made for you. I don't know. There's really nothing like it. It's like, oh, someone took time to think about, like, you have to find the intersection when you make someone a mix of like what you like and what you think they would like. And like, then you have to sync the tracks and I don't know, it just, it was just like such a cool thing to get that. And I was like, oh, this is how I want to listen to music forever, is in mixes that people made for me. And then I quickly realized, well, that doesn't work. I'm not going to get that many. And then I thought, well, I'll just steal other people's mixes instead. <laughs> but, I mean, I, there's kind of four people who are instrumental. Like, Anna is is a huge one. Uh, my friend Ben Rather, who um, has been on Your Stories and stuff before, he makes mixes every so often. He has, like, up to almost 200 volumes. Wow. Just he compiles songs that he likes and they end up being like a diary of his life. And then every time he hits, uh, you know, enough songs for a CD, he burns a CD. And he shared all those with me. And it's like, man, that's so fucking cool. Uh, you know, or like uh, my friend Gary, who hosts uh, The Ketchup. That was, like, hearing that as a podcast was so, like, oh, this could be a show. Like, clips of music with people talking. Now, his show was fiction. Mine is nonfiction. I'm not a good writer, but I can edit. So... Uh, and then the, ultimately the idea was Katie's because Katie said, well, what if 
I, I, I made a, because I, I knew I wanted to do something with music, and Katie's like, well, I made a radio show when I was a kid. Do you want to use that? And I was like, no, Katie, I don't want to hear your radio show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's but, really bad. <laughs> but, but I was like, oh, well, mi- like other people's mixes, that seems like, like things that other people have made, that seems like a rich vein to explore. And I, I totally did that, too. Like, those were the first mixtapes I made. I would tape songs. I owned the tapes, so I'd play them on one cassette deck, tape them on another, and then add my, like, interstitial DJ shit in between, trying to be, like, a, a you know, eight-year-old's version of a shock jock or whatever. <laughs> so those are, like, the four forces of the show, but really it was Anna making me that mix in January that was like, God, this is a great feeling, and I want to hear about it when other people felt this way and then share it with people. Uh, so that was really cool. It's been a, a big year of music discovery for me because of that. That's awesome. That yeah. is awesome. Right. I think I've only ever received a mixtape from one person. And there was a guy I worked with when I worked at Best Buy, and he was trying to get me to listen to Tool because he was shocked I'd never heard of it. So it was just one of those bunch of Tool songs. I hated it. I wonder if it's like a generational thing because I was talking to my friend uh, Erica, who was a little bit older than me, and I, I was telling her the story of Anna, who weirdly she knows because they both grew up in North Carolina, and that blew my fucking mind. But anyway, she was like. Oh, yeah, uh, or I told her Anna was the first girl who ever made me a mix, and she's like, the first? Like, I have traded mixes in almost all my relationships, and I just wonder if maybe, like, that's a bygone thing. I think it might be. I mean, um, like, I feel like maybe our generation of people, like, that was kind of, like, the tail end of that, because it everything has gone digital. Um, yeah. And it was a big thing, like, High Fidelity, one of my hands-down favorite movies of all time, and um, I think... That you know that 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 part of the '90s was like high time for mixtape making. I think you're right, but you also mentioned something earlier, Spotify, that I think is really bringing it back and making it easier and mm-hmm. and also compelling. Because um, like there was that the in between time when like well CDs are are dead basically, but making someone like an iTunes mix is kind of pointless because you can't share your iTunes with somebody. But then here's Spotify. I mean that was how the mix Anna gave me. That was a Spotify mixed and i don't consider that like any less of a form like it is there's something kind of magical about taking the time to make a physical object but the ultimately the message is the same via spotify i think even if you can't like put in a cute package i know i go ahead i was gonna say like yeah it's it's not exactly the same as like writing a letter versus an email you know what i mean because you're not like burning the cd but it's like if i got if I got an e-card from someone, I know that that requires a level of effort and, like, it's it's, it's, it's not something that anyone ever does anymore either, yeah. but it's still super sweet and I feel like, I feel like, I don't know, I, just, I almost like that people don't do it very often because when it does happen, it's just that much more special, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think that's true. Um, I have since, I, I, um, a girl I did more seriously after on a, I made her a couple mixes, and to go back to what you said at the start of the episode, like, that, it does feel weird to be on the other end of that, and I kept being, like, I, I was questioning myself, like, <laughs> so she went to Australia for a week while we were dating, and I made her this playlist uh, of Australian artists, and there's not that many that I was familiar with, but one of them is the Divinals, <laughs> which you may know, they do that song, I Touch Myself, and I'm like... I don't know, this is kind of a risk. Is, is she going to think this is funny or weird? It's like kind of a rad song. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, it's... And it's like, I don't even know if I think all these songs are great, but I want right. to share this with her. Yeah. It's a weird thing. Like what... It, like the Yeah, the scale for what... 
you're putting into this the playlist, at least for me, constantly changes as I'm making the playlist. Mm-hmm. Like, is it about the quality of the song? Is it about what I think the person will like? Is it about what I think I want the person to perceive me as? Or all of those things, oh, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, you gotta kind of fit it in that like Venn diagram where like, okay, this song sucks, but I think this person will love it, and like, I love it. Or like, this song's really good, it's not my thing, but I think it's their thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just like that weird like... You gotta find where it fits on it. Yeah. It, yeah. I, that's it's it's navigating all these poles, and yeah, it is. It's a fascinating act of expression where you've done none of the creating, but all of it at the same yeah. time. Something I really like that Spotify does is they have like whatever their algorithms are curate. You know that Spotify weekly playlist, and they're like, we think you'll like these songs, and this is gonna be available. This is gonna be refreshed every week. Or they also have that, like, new music playlist. Release Radar. Yeah. I'm in love with Release Radar. It's great. Jesus Christ. It's, like, based on what you listen to, they curate, like, new releases for you to to listen to. It's great. I told Anna, it was like I had an Anna in my pocket. I don't know if she thought that was funny (laughs) or not. But, uh, yeah, like, they they hit me to the new Ockerville River single before I even knew they had a new single. Like, I love you, Spotify. Me too. Marry me. I, uh, I... I start. I did a title subscription just so I could listen to. Or I did the the title free trial just so I could listen to Lemonade, um, and I was like, well, maybe if title is actually like better than Spotify, then I would switch. But it is not. No yeah. way. It is truly not. I remember um, Paul Casperson. Anytime I post anything about Spotify, he would just post a link to RDO, and then RDO straight closed down last I year. I know Logan loved RDO too. They're wrong. Spotify's the best, and the winners stay on top, because that's the world <laughs> we live in. Yeah. Spotify. Spotify. Uh, well, we're about at the half hour mark, so uh, I'm going to throw it out. Any closing thoughts on, on mixes? I will say it's been super fun talking music with you guys. I could have honestly just done a podcast where I talked about music with people I like, but I do feel like the world has enough talking podcasts, and we just made another one, but you know... <laughs> Um, I want to do something different, but I, I really had a blast talking with you guys about this. Yeah, man. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess closing thoughts are, um, if you are good at playing something that involves a lot of, like, nuanced precision, you're probably good at working at puss. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, second that, for mm. sure. Uh, <laughs> I would say, um, if you want to talk about music... You don't have to report record a podcast. Just email me at jandosking <laughs> at gmail.com. That is diversion. It, it's true. I feel like podcasts have ruined conversations a little bit because people now, like, I have friends who will be like, oh, this is an interesting conversation. It should be a podcast. Like, you can actually just have a conversation. a conversation. Yeah. No, I need an audience for my entire life. <laughs> yeah, right? I, uh, I do an improvised podcast. Uh, do you do? It's where I just go on stage with a few of my friends and we just talk. The magic about it is it's improvised. It only happens once. Uh, it's never going to see that show again. Oh, um, It's based off a suggestion. <laughs> uh, it's a hit. That's interesting because uh, Katie and I are actually starting a new pro- podcast. You've heard of like, improvised Star Trek, improvised Shakespeare. Yeah. We're starting improvised Jando. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's is like- it based off a show? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So basically every week uh, we just take a suggestion then we improvise what we think Jando would do with yeah. it. That's awesome. So uh, look for that coming on uh, Nerdlogs.com. Uh, you know, <laughs> spring 2022, I think we'll have it up and running. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's so Jando. <laughs> and then that's the Disney Channel spinoff. That's so Jando. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, God. This was really fun, guys. I yes. hope you'll both do episodes of Blank Cassette one day. Katie already did one, kind of, but it wasn't usable, so I'll have to I've do another I've got another one. mix that's better. Yay. I gave Eric a mix that was just the Super Bowl 35 halftime show and a bunch of Hanson songs. <laughs> That's not why it wasn't usable, P.S. I actually really liked the content of the oh, mix. Oh, it's because the recording was We bad. recorded outside, yes. yeah. There was one, there's one Hanson song that's still stuck in my head, Lonely Again. Yeah. That song's badass. It is badass. Yeah, it was a hidden track on their second album, Fam. <laughs> <laughs> See, if you talk about Hanson but you sound like gangsta, it's cool. People think you're cool. No? Jando's shaking his head. I like Hanson still. <laughs> you think they're good at working that pussy? <laughs> yeah. They all uh, probably only have had sex with one person because they all got married very young. The same person? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all three of them are married to one woman. Yeah. Lucky her. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Well, that's probably enough out of us. <laughs> we'll be back next week with another R Stories, guys. And then uh, we got a really cool show coming up. I don't know who our special guests in September are. But Claire is hosting, because I'll be on vacation. She's working on some really good stuff. And then that show in L.A., which is going to be super, super great. That's Monday, September 19th at UCB Sunset. We are recording a show between Improv for Humans and Douglas Movies, which is kind of incredible. So, uh, yeah. Uh, have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next Monday. Badass. Bye. <laughs> This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.